0: Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land v. World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort land by land, ride by ride, park by park to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me to help find the answer is Jeremy from Spectro Radio.
1: I already know the answer, but I'll we'll pretend we don't.
0: <laughs> Shows over folks. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you in the parks. And uh, of course from Dan hates the Beatles, we have Dan. Hi. Hi. How are you I'm guys Dan. doing?
2: Doing good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's uh it's always nice to be with you guys to talk about some very important items that affect everyone in this world uh so uh jeremy was at disneyland recently yeah how was that trip
1: well i'm it it was i was there just in the evenings i was really there for work so i didn't get a chance too much to spend too much time in the parks the interesting thing is i thought okay it's Just, it's like the 10th, you know, 10th or 11th of December. The kids are still in school. I'm there on a Tuesday night, right? Like, right. So it's mm going to be empty, right? Yeah. It's going to be empty. Like a dead zone, right? I'm going to own this place. You couldn't (laughs) move. move.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay. I don't know what's going on out there. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if they know who who is going on a Tuesday night. Uh, Do your Christmas shopping. You.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. It's never I mean there's there's not been a time I was at Disney World the first week of December. I think we were both there and it was it was just insane. Like there where are you coming from? There's no holidays around and it's just wall to wall people and then you hear these reports like attendance is so low and we don't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. I mean, uh, for a tendency to be down three percent,
1: you, I, I, don't, I guess you don't feel three percent. Yeah, good I don't point. Feel three percent. I'm sure they so. do,
0: but yeah. So they it's a uh, crowded yeah. place and full of love, and that's why we are here doing this show because we all have that same passion to go to the Disney parks. And today's a very important episode. It is our tenth episode, and we are tackling a very important subject, which is the haunted mansion. Now, you can find history and information about the Haunted Mansion everywhere, and today we're going to argue or discuss between Disneyland's Haunted Mansion and Walt well, Disney World's Haunted Mansion, at the end of the day, which is a better experience. But because they both have similar history and they have similar... They were both built at the same time, basically, right? Where Their, their animatronics were built simultaneously and they they ordered two shows at the same time. So they share a lot of the same history. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, we'd like to bring back our favorite segment. What is Dan watching on Disney plus?
2: Well, um, I've mentioned before that I watched Perry and I have to be honest, I didn't finish Perry because it was a little bit too intense. And let me tell you, this movie is insane. I've officially declared Perry my favorite Disney princess. She's awesome. Um, This is a movie about a squirrel, and it is basically a nature film. There's a dream sequence in this movie. I don't know what
0: else to tell you.
2: It's a movie where the main character is an actual squirrel, an actual real squirrel in life. It's showing you about her life and the life in the forest. There's a dream sequence. It's like Lynchian stuff. You so need to watch it's a, this movie. It's a
0: documentary style? It's
2: documentary style. It's like
0: documentary style?
2: They kind of say at the beginning... And there's a dream Right. Sequence. They kind of say at the beginning, this is kind of a work of fiction, sort of. But they sell the whole thing as like very real. But then towards the end, a dream... And it's not a short dream sequence, either. There is a dream sequence. Oh it's
0: awesome. See Perry today. See Perry and finish it. And finish it. All right. Well, and then speaking of Disney Plus, our newest favorite segment is Jeremy's The Mandalorian Minute. Jeremy, what is happening on The Mandalorian on Disney Plus? Well, there's a lot happening, it's moving along nicely. Um, And you know, because I'm really into
1: Star Wars. Right. So, up until now, we know the following there are these. There's these swords that and they they seem to light up, and then what else then so then there's this guy there 's these two robots, and they drive you around in a uh, some sort of star travelers thing. yeah, uh-huh. um, and they bicker and it 's kind of yeah. cute, right um and then this woman walks in, and she 's wearing like these white robes. <laughs> And her hair's really interesting. It's in these two buns on the side literally yeah, on the side of her look head. Like it's like cinnamon. It's so rolls. confusing. Yeah. yeah. They do. And I thought, well that's odd. And she's really into this other guy. She likes him a
0: lot. Okay. And which I one think is that? She knows it and it what? Is that which one is that they she really into?
1: The, the, the I think he's some sort of pilot. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, that makes sense
1: And it turns out that the guy dressed in black Is his father <laughs> And that's all we Whoa. know now
0: Whoa I, Well, that was the Mandalorian minute, everybody And I'm sorry I didn't warn everybody for spoilers Jeez Some people haven't downloaded every episode My God Well, we'll find out what's going to happen next I don't know where it's going to oh, go from here so... uh, I mean, not... it's anybody's guess There's only one episode left of the season <laughs> mm. So that was very well done, Jeremy. Good job on the Mandalorian minute. And uh,
2: sorry, yeah. sorry about the spoilers, everyone.
0: Yeah, we got to do a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode. So, <laughs> all right. So that's it. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get into our sponsors at the end of the show. But for now, the case of the mansions: Disneyland v. Magic Kingdom. Disneyland came first. So it will go first, and we'll go in a similar style, a format. We'll do an opening statement. There's going to be a lot of history, like I'd mentioned, and then we'll go through the queues, we'll go through the ride itself, and we'll go through the exit experience and gift shops and whatnot. But really, we're trying to figure out which is better a better experience for the guest, okay? So if Disneyland gets a point in favor, and this is going to be voted by Jeremy, if it's a point-worthy note, you'll hear this sound. The ghosts will follow you home. Okay. Man, Paul Fries is like he's in the room with me right now.
2: <laughs> it really is. It's And uncanny. if Disney
0: World yeah, if Disney World gets a point, you'll hear Welcome. Welcome. That's, That's all good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, thanks, Paul Freeze. All right. So I feel like he should have done something shorter for the first one. <laughs> yeah, probably. You can change it. As he, might, he might.
2: He might. He yeah. we, might. We might get a, a, an email from him.
0: <laughs> okay. So, Daniel, tell us about yes. Disneyland's The Haunted Mansion.
2: Right. And this is in no way nerve-wracking. Um, so, every proposed version of what would eventually become Disneyland included plans for some sort of spooky or ghost house. Um, one early sketch by Dale Hennessy had it located at the end of Main Street rather than a castle located there. Um, the ghostly elephant in the room, however, was that most scary dark rides of the time were focused on delivering visceral scares generated by gruesome horror. Not to mention that many of these were included – were many of the ideas included uh, IP from other studios, especially Universal. In a 1992 interview, Imagineer Ken Anderson quoted Walt as saying, we're going to have this haunted house and it's going to be a real – it's going to be a great place. We're going to use all the ideas we've ever had. We're going to invent more. We'll need all kinds of ideas and ways of doing things that we haven't thought of yet, but they will be thought of. Um, Eventually, the mansion was more appropriately replaced by a castle as the weenie at the end of Main Street, but almost every aspect of the attraction was still up for grabs. It was eventually relegated to what is now referred to by people in the entertainment industry as development hell. Um, After Disneyland not only survived but thrived in its first years, serious thought was put into expansion – We've talked about most elements of these expansions already on this podcast, most notably in our Monorails, Monsters, and Squares episodes. Those are separate episodes. (laughs) Um, As Imagineers were (laughs) developing a New Orleans square, it seemed like a perfect fit to have whatever they were going to call the ghost house as a part of it. Um, Ken Anderson was one of the first to take on the design of the outside with this new setting in mind. He imagined it as an old antebellum mansion in the bayou. He found a picture of a spooky-looking old mansion of this very type and added to his rendering visible age and decay. Walt hated it, but it helped hated it. answer the question – he He actually said that. Um, <laughs> but it helped to answer the question of how, in air quotes, haunted the building would look from the outside. This led to the policy that the exterior would be pristine and well-manicured like the rest of the park, but that the inside would be as spooky or dilapidated as the Imagineers decided to make it. Um, Now, the mansion structure as we know it today is an almost exact replica of the Shipley-Lidecker house in Baltimore, Maryland. It's different for Disney World, uh, at least on the outside. And it was built in 1962 with Imagineers assuming it would take about a year or two to figure out what would go inside of it. The Haunted Mansion eventually opened its doors in 1969, giving guests to the park a full seven years to speculate and spread rumors as to
0: what unearthly horrors lurked inside. So what if that happened today? What, what if there was an attraction building, we, knew it, we saw the building, it wasn't behind a bunch of walls, mm-hmm. and it just sat there? What would happen with today's fandom and internet speculation and everything else? Do you think I
2: think I think that they would I think (laughs) actually I think it would probably turn into a uh, uh, last Jedi kind of scenario where like people, you know, obsess over it. They take pictures, they share rumors and they share expectations. They talk about, you know, and of course, Twitter, they're going to go all over Mm -hmm. Twitter and Tumblr and whatever. And I think that would actually work to its detriment today. Right. But I think what it ended up doing with this one is, you know, there's there's like this this whisper going on you know it's like mm-hmm. people are talking about it and jimmy i don't know if you had this experience we grew up in kind of the same area mm-hmm. um that even like in the mid 80s for me it, it was you know kids in at my elementary school would be like oh, did you hear someone had a heart attack yeah like it was so scary it killed people right like that was a real conversation yeah. going on and quicksand and and
0: quicksand that's a big fear
2: Right. I mean, for all of us,
0: I saw I I saw a girl have a seizure at school in elementary school. Really? It freaked me out. Like I was I mean, it's real and it's serious, obviously. But man, I I just that shook me to my core. I still think about it to this day. It was like, holy cow.
2: Well, yeah, it's a lot for a kid to process, and and if you're growing up already afraid of the haunted mansion because it's called the haunted mansion, right? Yeah, and you know your your friends tell you, oh yeah, there people die there. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help. That's good point. <laughs> but it does, I think, help add to the mythology of it. And this is going to be, this is going to end up being one of my one of my arguments is that, and we don't need to get into whether it counts as a point or not yet. But I feel like that, in itself, changes the way that the two mansions exist. You know, like okay. the Disney World mansion, it's just sort of there. It was, it, it's always been there, right?
0: right? Anyway, okay, yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's so uh, continue. Let, let's talk about its uh, conceptual cousin.
2: Oh, you know what? That's funny that you should say that because like its conceptual cousin, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean – yeah, no, it's almost like you have a copy of this. Uh, The Haunted Mansion was originally thought of as a walkthrough attraction. Even though – even through the lens of multiple creative eyes with the loosest of plans as to content, it seemed predetermined that at least part of the attraction would involve a walking tour. Mm -hmm. This presented a number of logistical issues, not the least of which was simply how to guide large groups of unwieldy tourists through space with maximum effect and capacity and minimum liability or damage. Um One of the first thoughts was a cast member acting as a tour guide. In some incarnations, this guide would be stalked by a malevolent force, which would only occasionally be seen in the form of a large hairy hand trying to swipe them away into the darkness. Um, Another idea.
1: Harry Handlin. That was going to be his name. Harry Handlin.
2: Yes. Is that right? (laughs) Good old Harry Handlin. Harry Handlin is the Um, ghost host? Well, Harry Hamlin yeah, married
1: to Lisa Rinna. Yeah.
2: Well, Harry Hamlin went on to uh, work in the Matterhorn for a great amount of time.
0: Yeah, they, was they, he was Harold. known as Harold. Yeah. So yeah, did you know yeah, that they yeah. had they had a you, you talk about walk through haunted mansions in I want to say yeah. it was Tokyo. They had for years an actual like haunt where they would walk you through scenes. There was a scene with like. With Johnny Depp as the uh, the Mad Hatter, they had a little Mad Hatter scene. No way. Yeah, they full on really haunts with gu- with ghosts or gui- guided tours and stuff. Are you talking about
2: in their mm-hmm. mansion or
0: no, no, no? And they're just in the theme park. But they, it was you talked about a, a walkthrough and a guided tour. They they actually right. had that for a while. If they don't, still, I am not sure. But online videos, well, cause I check it out.
2: I had seen footage of the of the the walk-through that ends up with the Horn King at the end. Like, I think it's in Fantasyland.
0: No, that's not – this is a, just a Halloween sort of – they love the Halloween there in Japan.
2: Oh, got it. You should okay. find, some, okay.
0: find some online videos. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Oh, I will. Um, another idea had Walt himself guiding guests from room to room in this building that he would have claimed to move – claimed to have moved from Dis- to Disneyland from New Orleans and I'm stumbling because I realized that I didn't put in my notes that it wasn't going to be him in person. He wasn't going to physically carry it, (laughs) right? Ah. right. And this is the this the stretch thing. Uh, um, This version was going to be called Bloodmere Manor, and the narrative arc involved the dark tale of the blood Blood family, who each suffered a unique and terrifying death in the mansion. Uh, An early conception involved Doctor Gore and his bride Priscilla, and from that point on, the idea of a bride haunted by some dark presence was all but decided as being part of whatever the attraction would end up being. Imagineers eventually imagined Gore as a wealthy sea captain whose bride discovered he was actually a bloodthirsty pirate on what would have been their wedding day. Many listening to this are probably recalling the changing portrait of a large galleon, and a few are probably waiting for me to mention the weather vane above Disney's Disneyland's mansion shaped like a ship, which I just did.
0: There you go. As
2: Ken Anderson and Walt were gently nudged by Dick Nunez, to take capacity more seriously than they seem to be doing, they started to concede that some sort of transport would probably be needed. Early ideas as to what this might look like had guests boarding a large cart taken down in a large elevator so that they could be taken on a tour in a hidden building beyond the berm. So after that, and I realize this is a lot, we still have only some very basic starting points when the building was uh, built housing an entry room and two Otis elevators that are big enough to transport a very large vehicle. Uh, some sort of walkthrough was going to happen. There was going to be some sort of a guide and probably a bride would be involved. And this was in 1962. <laughs> okay. Then the World's Fair ca- came calling.
0: Yeah, and everything just shut down, right? Because all the resources go to World Fair.
2: Everything just, yeah, they just went all into that. Um, and this was in 1962, so people are, um, they're, they're looking at this building and they're thinking, when's it gonna happen? Um, as a cover for why this attraction was seemingly sitting there waiting to open, Walt very, very publicly said that they were waiting for ghosts from all over the world to apply to live there free of charge. These ghosts, he speculated, were just waiting for the right audience to scare. And he was able to give them one. A sign was put out in front of the mansion facade advertising this very idea and Walt actually received applications from people hoping to move in. And that idea came from – partially from an uh, article in the Kansas City Times by Joseph H. Applegate in 1921.
0: So wait, wait. There was a sign outside of the mansion. Yes. built It gets built in '62. There's a sign right. up front saying like we're accepting applications for ghosts. And people actually submitted applications. yes, yeah. to be a ghost.
2: <laughs> people actually submitted applications. I well, you know, I mean, we've seen the logic of people on display sure. on Twitter now. So but then like, they were sending <laughs> actual birds. <laughs> you, you know,
0: tying the, tying the application. Yes, there. they were yeah. sending, it, it.
2: Was, it was by pigeon, right? It was by pigeon, and yeah. Um, so there was an article actually in the Kansas City Times by Joseph H. Applegate in 1921 which Walt would have been in the area at this time. Um, and it, it expressed concern for the ghostly inhabitants of Europe's old houses as they were getting torn down or replaced with modern buildings. Applegate whimsically spe- speculated as to where they would go once their old haunting grounds were destroyed. Uh, early Imagineer Jason Searle would later confirm that – when talking about what types of ghosts would inhabit the mansion, Wald expressed mocking concern for these ghosts and proposed that they should be given a new home in his ghost okay. house. So these were things that he was thinking right. about for a long time.
0: And for the storytelling.
2: Right. As the ride developed, it seemed to be a very scattershot approach of sharing ideas and seeing what fit. For a time, it was very much just a matter of thinking of scary things or monsters and trying to come up with a way to make it fit. It was a very Saturday morning cartoon, groovy, ghouly sort of approach with at one point even a clearly Egyptian mummy being involved. A lot of this came in handy as possible whispers of ideas for Mark Davis to later adapt for the graveyard scenes. After the 1964 World's Fair and Focus was back in Disneyland, Walt saw an unlikely but creatively potent pairing in Rolly Crump and Yale Gracie. Uh, Rolly Crump, I am pronouncing that correct, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. They, we'll ask have fast have Ears Up crew. They've They've met him. Yeah, I think that's friend. what I've heard.
2: Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll definitely correct us if it's wrong. Uh, Rilly Crump has been compared to Mary Blair by at least one Imagineer in the sense that he was very much a big idea, conceptually minded, creative mind. Uh, he found that his pairing with Yale Gracie was fruitful in that Gracie was very much a tinkerer by nature and was always looking for a novel way around a simple thing, always making little inventions out of whatever was lying around. It was fairly common for Gracie to come up with a new toy and uh, Crump would come up – would would figure out a way to utilize it or he'd come up with an idea and Gracie would design a way to make it happen. In this symbiosis, they came across an old uh, bit of theatrical effects called Pepper's Ghost, which uses light reflected off a clear piece of glass to right. make a ghostly image appear. If you don't know how it works – yeah, uh, maybe choose to look it up because I don't want to... I went through a great... No, I'm just saying I went through a great deal of right. life not understanding how it worked and I chose not to look into it because I want... I For <laughs> that amount of time, I wanted to have that sense of sure. dis- of, of belief right. in the ghosts, you know? To get like, I know they're not actually ghosts, but I don't know how they do it. So there you go. please don't tell me.
0: This is a spoiler-free zone. Outside of Star Wars, this is a spoiler-free zone.
2: I know now. I know, I know. Um, Kit Anderson came close to this idea in his earlier work, which more closely resembled the hitchhiking ghost mirror effect than a traditional Pepper's ghost effect. Um, The Crump-Gracy partnership led Crump to develop a variety of gags, which Walt would eventually refer to as the museum of the weird. Um, He loved all the little toys, uh, like a a wax candle man, a living chair, and the disappearing organist, which – was a small-scale Pepper's Ghost display. It would be wildly reductive to imply that the only missing parts were the decision to use Omnimover vehicles with onboard audio and to combine projections, audio animatronics, and wide use of Pepper's Ghost. But at this point, we need to all just picture a montage of that happening in order for this to come to the part of the show that makes it listenable for non-superfans.
0: And I think that the the significance of what you're talking about with the the walkthrough – Versus the Omnimover system and the World's Fair is that the World's Fair technology of the Omnimover was developed there and they brought it back to Disneyland. So that's why this is an Omnimover instead of a walkthrough.
2: Right. And with an Omnimover, you can, uh, you know, you can move the chairs around. So you can basically say, look here, look there. So you could really focus the attention. Um, And this was not the first attraction at Disneyland to have an Omnimover system. The first was actually. Adventures through inner space, and they were called Atom Mobile. Inner space
0: opened before,
2: according to what I have found. Yes, I there, honestly, there's so much information out there that, yeah, to right? preserve my own sanity. I just like picked one source because it, it, it seemed to be very credible. Um, and it is the unofficial guide to the Haunted Mansion. I could be getting the title wrong, but um, I mean, that's just that was just to preserve my own. What remains of my sanity? So, yes, uh, the ride opened pretty much as we see it today in 1969 to record crowds and rave reviews. A week after opening – I mean there, there's changes and they're significant, but they're, they're, f- they're few – a week after opening, Disneyland broke their record attendance with 82,516 guests. Wow! This was after seven years of wild rumor and speculations, which included one story of an old woman writing it way back in 1962 and dying of a heart attack because oh it was too God. scary. I can verify that these stories persisted at least as long as the mid-'80s at Mountain View Elementary School in
0: Claremont, California. Adventures Through Inner Space opened August 5, 1967. Right on. So it came after.
2: What? No, 67 is before 69.
1: 69. Haunted Mansion opened in 1969.
0: Who is that voice?
1: Um, There was an interview with Bob Gurr recently, and he also said that uh,
0: Haunted Mansion is not the first on- Yeah, there you go. yep. Yep inner space sixty seven
2: so um, just to kind of reduce this to something that 's manageable, um, you kind of get the process there they 're really throwing everything against the wall and seeing what 's stuck and Some personalities to keep in mind just for fun is you have Ken Anderson, he did the early concept work, he introduced the idea of build, of the building itself, what it would look like, mainly that the interior you know should tell a story, the exterior everything everything should tell a story. Um <clears throat> early sketches were highly influential but mainly in theme. Main ideas were uh, – main lasting ideas rather were to have a person hanging, the changing gallery portraits, seeing things from balconies because they found that that perspective was more effective, uh, pirate stuff in there and bride stuff. Um, then from there you get Rolly Crump, basically anything that is associated with the Museum of the Weird – um and there's a lot of material out there this is already going to be a long and dense episode i'm not going to get further into that unless you guys ask uh very he's very influenced Please don't thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> he was very influenced by surrealist films uh by jean cocteau and fellini From him, we get hands, eyes, faces hidden everywhere, also furniture that looks like it might be alive. After his death, he was responsible – after Walt's death, rather, he was responsible for reigniting interest in the mansion. But as the youngest Imagineer on the team, he got lost in office politics there. And he was working with Yale Gracie um, who would brainstorm a bunch of, of uh, effects and ideas with with Crump. From him, we see the optical effects like ro- like the rotating bus, uh, projecting faces onto sculptures, wide use of uh, Pepper's ghost effects. Um, and Exitensio did script work including Grimm getting ghosts as well as – Knowing how to navigate Paul Freeze's ego during recording sessions, Freeze had a lot of improvisational ideas. So a lot of them were good, but some of them were not.
0: Um, Claude, Cotes- so can you tell the story? Was it was it exit? Was it this ride that Walt just said, "Hey, you're a songwriter now"? I believe that was. was um, it, a- it was pirates. pirates, yeah. But it was his success right, in writing right. pirates that
2: in- inspired Walt to say, "Like, yeah, you you can do this now." Claude Coates and Mark Davis, um, they had the somewhat impossible task of navigating the lines between the ride being funny and scary. Probably the most directly recognizable creative hands in the whole thing, at least, you know, immediately. Coates was a background artist and was very much in the scary and atmospheric camp. If it scares you or it's creepy, it's probably him. A good example of this would be the atmospheric abstract loading area um mark davis was a character animator and a gag man if it's funny it comes from him probably his work was largely about vignettes or small character driven moments which could be understood in a snapshot for this think about the graveyard uh mark was never satisfied with the balance found between scary and funny
0: and so we got a ride that's half and half right
2: um i'd say yeah i mean and and the, the concept is it's half and half i think if you Really take a fine lens to it. I think Davis really kind of wins out a
0: little bit. All right, so that was uh, page one of twelve. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a short intermission, and uh, no, it's good. I so listen. I've everybody... been watching
1: videos of old people eat over here to uh, <laughs> keep myself.
0: <laughs> I, listen, this is a this is history heavy because it's it is an important attraction. It's many people's favorite and and it, it, you know it sort of changed the game of theme park rides at the time it was it was 1969's rise of the resistance for uh but anyway so so dan you, you, you so the point is we want to get a little bit more and then the rest of the show is going to be kind of going back and forth and talking about the differences in the uh, in the tactical so the rest of it'll go fairly quickly and we'll we'll start awarding points but for now do you want to talk about Uh, Walt's childhood friend. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Um, (laughs) it's funny. You know, it's weird that you know that, um, you know, it's like we share a brain, right?
2: Uh, (laughs) um, yeah. Uh, Walt was hanging out with a kid named Gus. I should have looked up how to pronounce that. Um, (laughs) he was hanging out with him, uh, as a kid around, you know, Kansas city and whatnot. Um, and, um, His patriarch on – sorry. A patriarch on ISIL's grandmother's side built a large mansion on a hillside in Kansas that people called the Sour Castle. And that's S-A-U-E-R, not sour. Like, ooh, it's sour. Um, It was common in the community to circulate stories about the old building, which included ghosts, buried treasure, secret tunnels, and foreknown deaths. There's little doubt that in his time going to movies and hanging out with Gus, Walt would have heard at least a few of these. Uh, Notably, Anton Sauer's widow was driven crazy after her husband died and she hung herself in the house.
0: Oh. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Foreshadowing.
2: And after that, you're going to take over the ride itself since – they're basically the, mostly oh, yeah. the same ride. So I guess the last bits that I have before I get into just pure argument is um, uh, a lot of Imagineers were inspired by The Haunting, which is a 1963 film. Uh, they even like showed the film in at the studio and invited like all the Imagineers – Basically, implying you need to come see this movie. And the attraction can operate with 70% of the motors running.
0: (laughs) Don't know why that's there, but it is. Wow. (laughs) Man, hard hitting research. This
2: has been driving me crazy for the past (laughs) week.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, why don't you talk first? (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Supreme (laughs) Resort Land V World. (laughs) Bye. All right. So, all of that. Look, I I did thorough research this time, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know you've you've kind of swung the opposite end of that pendulum. <laughs> we'll find a balance, Dan. It's okay. Do I get a point? Yeah. For shutting up, you get a point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hit my mute button no, and drink water there now. There you go. So uh, uh we gotta we gotta wake up Jeremy. Jeremy's still with us. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, good. This is good. It's important stuff. It's I mean, it maybe not important, but it, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of detail that goes into these things. So, on the other side of the country, the haunted mansion was an opening day attraction at Magic Kingdom. We talked about that, and it's part of Liberty Square, not New Orleans Square. So, as all of what Dan was talking about, all this stuff was being developed. The production of and assembly of the props and audio animatronics for Disneyland's Haunted Mansion, they were duplicating everything for Walt Disney World. So it was decided that the Florida version of the attraction would be slightly longer and more elaborate than its California counterpart. So Paul Freese recorded additional voiceovers, including the ghost host, to accompany the extra scenes of the ride, which we'll get into in a little bit. Because of the ample space within the park, the attraction's show building is much larger and not restricted by any railroad berm. The building, being in Liberty Square, is modeled after the Dutch Gothic Revival style as opposed to like an Antebellum style. The mansion is uh, modeled after two real mansions. One is the Harry Packer Mansion in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. You can see some similarities on the facade there, but when it comes to the actual layout, It is based on the Rathbone Estate in Albany, New York. It's almost an identical replica of that mansion. So it's a real-time mansion trying to meet with the colonial period of America, which fits into Liberty Square, which we talked about on that episode.
1: Does it look – visually, does it look a lot like it?
0: It it is the same layout as the Rathbone Estate, but some of the exterior aesthetics are based on the Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, Harry Packer mansion. Hmm. So okay. it's based on a real place.
1: I'm going to Albany
0: for Christmas, so I was wondering oh, if it's should. worth a drive-by. It's not there anymore. I looked it up. It's not there. Oh. Any- the mansion's gone. But <laughs> the family history is, is crazy. Like Haunted Mansion worthy. You should look that part up. So that's my opening statement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. So Dan gets a point. Okay, great. Dan, go ahead. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Ghosts. He's oh no! Sorry, I meant version. Jimmy. Wow, <laughs> oh, we all look oh, alike for sure. For, for brevity, oh, so it's going to be that show. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, evidently. You know what it is? It's
1: because on my screen, one of you is on one side, one of you's on the other. But I wrote your names the opposite, so I'm putting oh god the points under the wrong name under the wrong face. So I had to switch your names on my
0: paper. All right. So. I'm going to forfeit the point because of all the research Dan did, (laughs) because at the end of the day, the Haunted Mansion (laughs) in in Disneyland was the original. But anyway, you're the judge. You can decide. So, Dan, we're going to get into the queue now. Do you Mm want to touch on that a little bit?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, the queue is is not it's really not a whole lot to write home about. To be honest – In 1412,
1: um, cue lines were invented in Eastern Europe <laughs> and they were slow.
2: <laughs> I'm but actually doing the show the way the show is supposed to be done this time.
0: It's, tr- it's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Starting to rethink the format. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. <laughs> Serves you right. Uh, all right tell us about the queue Look, there's some cool stuff in that queue
2: just like just like everyone has probably noticed from the audio i'm either too loud or too quiet it's 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 a it's a theme i try too Jason much or to too little about. yep all right, right. yeah right? so do you want to talk about um, the queue uh well, the queue—it's—it's it's really just basically a line. <laughs> it's got, um, <laughs> it's got a lot of pretty plants and stuff. I mean, it's—it's it's nothing. Basically, it's—it's nothing more than yours necessarily. However, there is a uh, pet cemetery in there, um, which there isn't one in Disney World, right? Pet is.
0: There is at the exit. Oh, there is. Yeah. Okay.
2: Well, the idea for the pet cemetery, however, came from Disneyland. There, it was installed in the 80s to mask a mechanical room off the side of the main house, uh, and it, it was on, installed on top of the mechanical room. Mm. Um, and it used to be where guests would, with wheelchairs, would be able to access the ride. Uh, the, an expanded pet cemetery was added to the main yard as, uh, and much of. The original pet cemetery was moved, but uh, guests can still ask to see what remains of it. In the, main pet, in the main pet cemetery out front, a pet skunk named Lilac is buried away from the other animals. Society garlic is planted around the marker. Uh, the plant is known to give off smells which has been described by different sources as garlic, skunk, marijuana, and dog poop. Oh. Um, I'm honestly – I am expecting your cue to win out on mine, which is why I'm not focusing a whole lot on it.
0: All right. So when you pass the graveyard gates online, there are five head busts or six if you count the two busts on one stand that contain the Dread family, a family that killed each other for wealth. The members are Uncle Jacob, Bertie, Aunt Florence, Dread, the twins named Wellington and Forsythia, and cousin Maud. So Bertie killed Jacob with poison from his snake. Florence killed Bertie for revenge with her gun. Wellington and Forsythia killed Florence as revenge for Florence doing a rogue shot and killing her their pet canary, and Maud killed the twins for her cro- with her croquet mallet. Maud accidentally killed herself by forgetting that she put matches in her hair to hold her bun together and setting a fire that killed her. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the bus at the entrance of the queue. And then, similar to the windows on Main Street, the mansion's queue gives nods to Imagineers who are involved with the ride's creation on various headstones, such as Mark the Patriarch, Mark Davis, Francis Xavier, or Exotencio. Master Gracie laid to rest. Yale Gracie. So those are some headstones in the graveyard. And you, if you want to hear all about what they did to contribute to the attraction, listen back to the last thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to be
2: fair, those those headstones do exist at the right. Disneyland Mansion. Right. Yeah, I think, figured but that was. The y- same. The, w- Right. Uh, I think the, the what yours has that that is definitely different are the things the, the interactive elements that you talked about.
0: Funny you mentioned that.
2: Um Is or are those the same? Or No, you, the, there
0: there are there are interactive elements in this queue and they're not at Disneyland. Right, 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 right. Right. Okay. So we're talking about the queue They both have the gravestones, but we've got the the people who killed themselves, the wealthy, greedy family. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the concrete around the queue, you can find the caretaker's footprints as well as dog prints. So Mm -hmm. the caretaker you see in the graveyard scene, you can see his footprints in the concrete along with his dogs outside. Mm -hmm. So we talked about interactive elements. There's a tomb... Looking structure with instruments on the side, and as you touch or wave your hand over them, they play the sounds of that instrument. So if you, it's all under the haunted mansion theme. But if you touch the trumpet, you hear the trumpet. Kind of, uh,
1: that you know, is cool. You know, point mm-hmm. for Disney World. Uh,
2: yep. Well. I, oh. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. I do. And since we're on that, I do have to mention, and I, 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 I understand it getting a point, but I have to just put it out there that those appear to not be aesthetically consistent with the rest of the ride. Like the character design and whatnot, it looks nothing like Mark Davis's character design. Um, True, And it also kind of goes against Walt Disney's idea of keeping the ghost elements inside and keeping the outside looking just like a mansion. I get that it gets a point. I understand for that park. it It needs that. I get it. I think it yeah, I think so it's tacky to be honest.
0: You make a it is tacky and the character design is tacky and you make a really valid point that it it doesn't run with the consistency of the original idea. Right. And I agree. And in 2019 or 2022 whenever you're listening to this, what we're trying <laughs> to argue for is and it may feel like 2022 since we started the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, however you're listening to this, the point is the experiences I have it today. Mm -hmm. Is it a more fulfilling experience? And in 1969, the technology wasn't available, Mm -hmm. and would they put this technology in Disneyland? And I guess that's that's really the question or argument. But listen, Walt was also about plusing things. What can you do to plus it? Plus it? Plus it?
1: This is a plus. There's bubbles coming. There's also a. uh, There's a big. He's like he drowned. Like the way up, after you get past the musical instruments, right? Yeah, yeah, he's floating. So there's bubbles coming out of it. It's a very interactive cue. Right. No, I yep. get it.
2: I, yep. I I I get the point. I I just I think I think it comes down to like what are you looking for in your Disney experience or whatever. I I as a as a West Coaster as a Disneyland person, I see that and I, I'm just like, okay, that's I get why you did it. You did it for the kids. It makes perfect sense. But it just seems very cheap. But you think it's cheap? I. I, Dan, I <laughs> think this, <laughs> I think it, it's it's not cheap. I get
0: what you're saying by cheap, but it's, this really maybe speaks to the larger argument about Disneyland versus Disney World. I, th- right? I think it definitely it's, does. It's catering to everybody, and I think Disneyland caters a little bit mm-hmm. more to a specific audience. Does it make one better than the other? That's really what we're here to talk about. So the other thing on that on that musical instrument right. thing, there's an organ on it, and you can play the organ or whatever. But I, what I thought was cool is that the brand of organ... Is a Ravenscroft, ah. organ. clearly a mm. nod to Thurl, who is mm. the lead singer, or at least the loudest singer in the Grim and Go song? Uh, of course, Tony the Tiger. And uh, and would you,
2: when it comes to when when it, when it comes to his singing ability, would you say that he's pretty good? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God,
0: he's also Fritz. Is he Fritz from the man- or from the Tiki Room? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to say, German stereotype bird? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's also a bookshelf where you push a book and other books come out. So there's just stuff for people to do while they're waiting in the queue. Yeah, and the, yeah. the other cool thing about that, if you're in the standby queue, it's actually kind of worth it for multiple reasons we already talked about, but there's also a hidden wedding ring. Did you know this? Hmm. Uh, Jeremy, th- did you know about this? Nope. So in it's right next to the captain's crypt. And it's only visible from the standby queue. It is said to be the ring of the bride, Constance, who threw it out the window. Oh. Undoubtedly because she killed one of her husbands. However, the actual story is... And you can go and there, there is a wedding ring in the concrete. But what actually happened is that there was a stanchion pole that was for the queue and mm-hmm. they cut it off. And so there was a circular metal ring in the concrete. Oh. And then when the the maintenance guy went to, to remove the rest of the of the metal... His screwdriver tip broke off, and it made it look like a like a diamond or Uh some kind of thing on the ring. So it made it look like a diamond ring. And then in 2006, they paved over it. But it was such a fan favorite that in 2011, when they redid the queue, they actually put a wedding ring in the concrete, Hmm. and it's now part of the cannon. That's cool. I agree. So – and then finally, just before you enter the mansion, you can see Madame Leota's tomb. Mm-hmm. And if you watch closely, her eyes open and watch you and it is yes. creepy as hell. It is yeah.
2: very cool. And I, I, I got no argument about it being cheap or anything. I love that thing. But I got to know I, – I, Welcome. <laughs> so are we giving a point for the entire queue or those individual things? Like Like two?
0: I think as a mm. – as a cue, and I'm asking. General. Oh, you
1: only want one? Okay, I was going to give you another one because I think that the elements are different. So I was going to give you two for the cue. Um, one was the interactivity of that of the musical instruments and pushing the books, and then the other was just going to be the de- the, the little details like the ring and the um, eyes looking back and forth on Leota's tomb. Whoa! God. And since I'm the judge, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so Do I get works.
2: anything from the Pet Cemetery originating from Disneyland? Sure. Thank you. Do it.
0: Ghosts. <laughs> it's the shorter version that he sent. Wow. All right. So then we get into the ride, okay? And and we're going to probably spend the least amount on the ride because if you're listening to this and you're still listening <laughs> after Thank this, you. you've been on this ride a thousand times. But I do want to just highlight the difference between the two rides, Okay. Now, if you're a Disneyland fan, if you're Jason Petros or somebody like that, who just this is their ride, like the Haunted Mansion is the ride. That's the one I go to. I don't leave without it. This is just the ride I go on. There's no way we're going to convince anybody. Not that I'm trying to convince, but that's just your ride. So you're, there's nothing I could say that could tell you that the, the Disney World is a better experience. But that's what we're here to truly, fully understand is which is a better experience for the guest. OK, so. In the ride itself, the stretching room is basically the same, but at Magic Kingdom, there's more of a 3D sound of the ghost moving around you, so you kind of hear it all around, like Mr. Brady cutting your hair in the, <laughs> that god-awful Abe Lincoln <laughs> show. <laughs> but it's like a 3D sound. The, the, the voice moves around, and it feels more like an apparition floating around. Right. Room, okay? It's so almost like it's wonderful.
1: behind you going around and around.
0: Right, exactly. So that's like a 3D sound. You don't get that effect at Disneyland.
2: Point. Well, can I counter that? Whoa, Can I counter that? At Disneyland, the stretch rooms serve a function, which beyond being cool also means that you're moving through space and whatever – and whether we consciously perceive it or not, it does give us a sinking feeling. Also, the stretch itself is longer and uh, almost preserves the former ratio of painting to wall space as though a new reality is getting unraveled. It's not just some paintings getting unspooled. I'm not going to argue that the audio stuff isn't cool or that this is necessarily cooler. I'm just saying that they both have features that are cool.
0: So that's I want to talk about that, Jeremy, your thoughts on this. So the stretching room was necessity in Anaheim. Because they had to get underground to get underneath the train tracks to go into the show building, which is outside the berm. Right. Okay. Right. So it's it's function and it's it's creative function and it, it serves a purpose. Whereas it's just the walls going up in Disney World, it doesn't actually serve a function. So I think what he's saying is they both do the same thing, but one actually serves a purpose.
2: Well, and and the conception of a stretching room came out of the that necessity. So right. we wouldn't have stretching rooms That's at all if yeah. they didn't think of a way to solve the problem at Disneyland.
1: Right, but as a guest, it's the same thing to me. It doesn't make it. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I see how one's better than the other, because as a guest, there are you know they're, they're pretty much identical. They replicated that in Disney World. Right. So I'm not sure that I yeah, would go and that, there and be like, oh, well, this one's better because. It goes underground. Right. I don't know that. That's hidden from right. as a guest that, that's hidden from me. That's hidden from view.
0: Which is the way it should be. And that that's why I asked you the question. Yeah. I, I'm I'm probably a little bit more biased towards the the function. Well and
2: I also really do but, think that, that the the function of it does give you that I mean, it's not like it's it's dropping very, very slowly, but you're still dropping through space, right?
0: Right there is a sense of movement there is a sense of movement
2: so it it adds to a possible greater sense of dread as you look up at this this room that is very very large um and it gets eventually larger than the one at disney world i mean it's your it's your point to give or not i'm just trying to present myself you know fairly
1: yeah yeah i mean there's been times like when i wasn't as much of a disney fan as i am now there would be times where i wouldn't i was like is this the one that Mm -hmm. goes up and down Mm -hmm. or is this is this not like i wouldn't know like i didn't know until i knew you know and i would be standing in disney world and thinking that i was in an elevator so i don't know i'm just not sure that that to the casual guest to the person trying to decide which is better that that means so do you i think it's it's there it's behind the scenes but like you said you don't want to know what makes peppers ghost right right you know like i don't know that that as long as i see the effect as a guest, I'm good. Okay. On the other hand, I mean, on the other hand, I do want to say, like, well, they thought that that was so good that they needed to replicate it. Right. That's
0: my argument, I would think, is that they're, they're – I mean, they –
1: I mean, Dan obviously wants you to have this point. So you're – or J- Jimmy oh, wants you Lord. to have this point. So you're <laughs> going to get it. I,
0: I just personally – and this is my personal quest. I think that is a better experience because I feel the movement and I – all the other aesthetics, I'm not sure – make a difference but i don't know I just something about the innovation to solve a problem and then to your point they just took that innovation and they copied it in orlando and it doesn't really need to be there it's just kind of there because they didn't come up with anything else to do that was my thought but if you need some help in deciding jeremy (laughs) at, at uh the most well, if you're both
1: going to argue the same point, I'm going to give the, that point. <laughs> that, a point.
0: That, that's fair. At, ultimately, that's
1: what's going to happen. So if you've just des- you've decided to throw that point to him, he's getting. it. All right, go ahead. I don't. I actually don't agree. All right, but you are the you are the uh, making the case, and you've both made the same case, so it gets the point. Okay.
0: okay. I don't want to usurp your judgment, though. I'm sorry. But if it helps... I, heard, I
1: just heard two people make the same case. I'm just deciding on the evidence before me. Yeah. you both made me the case that it, that gets a point. So you're getting
0: well it. Well said. Cool. Are you going to make the noise? Oh, ghosts. <laughs> so a, a fun trick, though, audience, this is fun. a fun tip when you're in the stretching room, whether it's in California or, or uh, Florida, if you look between the he- the tops of people's heads and the railing below the stretching portraits, it looks like people are shrinking. It's fun. Mm. It's a yes. fun trick. Oh, yeah. Look, we yeah. discovered that yeah. together. It's, yeah,
2: <laughs> They're shrinking. It really does. Anyway, it really looks like they're shrinking.
0: But I, I was going to hold off on this. I just thought it was good for, for Disneyland to get a point. But the most notable difference in favor of the Magic Kingdom's mansion in the stretching room mm. is that there's only one person reciting the narration, and that's Paul uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome. <it's> true. That's <laughs> <laughs> very true. All right. So I think we talked about this. The stretching room is not acting as an elevator in it because it's not needed because you don't have a berm to go under. Um, and the the hallway scene of the ride is a part of the ride as opposed to a part of the the walking attraction. So the hallway scene with the the lightning and thunder on the windows and the portraits that are changing from you know. Lady to Medusa or whatever. That's part of the ride itself. Mm-hmm. And then you enter into a library where you can see marble busts, the ones that watch you as you go. Mm-hmm. And the marble busts – and there there are books in this library that are from some of the best ghost stories written by the best ghost writers who ever ghosted.
2: <laughs> can I can I say something in response to that for Disneyland's yeah. Mansion? So yes. – I feel that, um, and this, I'm not just fishing for a point here. I really do feel this: that uh, walking through the sections with the changing portraits and the busts that turn um, give guests more of a personal experience with them. Not like they're going to say, "Hello, painting. How are you? My name is Roger." But like, you can at least take your own time to look at them and say, "Oh, you know, have you get what I'm saying?" I hope. Same thing with so the, you're uh, suggesting that the they Disneyland- speak to the paintings.
0: <laughs> the Disneyland is a more active experience with the busts. Exactly. Whereas Disney World is a more passive experience. Right. So you're just kind of going
2: by them. Well, and same thing with the bus. You get to like like Jimmy, you and I used to like, would you like cookies? And we go up and down. And and up down, and down. Say yeah, yes. Yeah. Good yeah, point. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Dan gets the point.
1: Circle gets the square. There you go. Ghosts.
0: <laughs> Big bucks, no whammies. Uh, but they- it's tied,
1: by the way. Uh-oh.
0: So they used the, so he says ghost stories written by the biggest ghost writers. Like, I mean, it's been done. It's kind of like that joke <laughs> that they use a lot where it's like, oh, Carnegie Hall, that'll never work. <laughs> yeah. Like Carousel of Progress, like 12 times. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm moving on. So then in the ride, we see a ghost playing the piano. And in Disneyland recently, they added it into the attic. But there's part of the ride here, and then you go into a room with a bunch of like M.C. Escher style staircases with footprints that are appearing and then disappearing, giving an illusion of a ghost walking up or down the stairs. And then after that, the large the ride is largely identical. It's basically the mm-hmm. same thing. You go down gotta, the hall past the. Cons- go ahead.
2: Can I say something about our piano player at Disneyland, or do you want to wait? Yeah. Okay. So the piano player at Disneyland is in the attic and the animation is very fluid, whereas the one at That's the Magic Kingdom is very jerky. Um, I guess someone could say that it's more spooky because it's jerky. I, I don't necessarily agree with that argument, but um, the, the motion is very fluid and it's playing the bridal march, which fits into the scene, which uh, has the bride who kills people. Um, that's a real
1: small point. I mean, like, I'll I'll t- I'll take it. Fluid motion. No, you're not getting one. Uh, it's fluid motion versus jerky motion. I don't care, but I do have to well, say that right. the, the effect. Excuse me, the effect of the the feet on the bottom of the stairs. I think in Disney World is very cool, and so I'm giving that to Disney World. Okay, welcome.
0: Um, we're not done yet. So, okay, go ahead. So, just gonna finish the ride. So you go down the hallway. Uh, with the uh, the various door gags, the séance room, Madlow's floating crystal. By the way, Madame Leota, her new name is Madlow. Floating crystal ball head in the ballroom. Then you and you go to the ballroom. Fun fact for those who don't know: there is a hidden Mickey on the left side of the dining room table, closest to the ride vehicles. That's a hidden Mickey. So <laughs> the dinner plate and two little small plates at the top make a little Mickey head. That is also true at Disneyland, but at Disneyland, is the second seat from the left. And uh, there you go. And then you go to the attic, and then you go out of the window, either by suicide or something we'll have to talk about. But you go down backwards down the window, go into the graveyard, and then the hitchhiking ghosts. What make the Disney World Magic Kingdom hitchhiking ghosts, to my mind better is that they're more interactive so they have a lot of gags that are much cooler they don't just sit in the carriage but they rather they, like one of them swaps heads in the car like they'll trade the head of the person sitting next to you and your heads will swap like real time in the mirror and then there's another one that blows up the heads i think and then they're just they're yeah. just more playful they do more and it kind of enhances the experience to my mind but if you are wearing your magic band, yes. It knows where you're from. Holy moly.
1: And one of the one of the ghosts is reading a newspaper and that
0: newspaper will be from your town. Wow, I haven't seen that one before. Yeah. That's really cool. That is cool. So that basically what I went through, I didn't describe the show scenes in the ride except for the scenes that are additional or different. And so as an overall show ride experience, I I get Dan's point about aesthetic and original intent whatever but as an experience if i had a choice to go on this ride side by side i would choose disney world because it's just it's a better ride it's a better experience and i I
2: think it's not going to be a surprise and by that i'm not saying i agree i'm just saying it makes sense i i I get why people like it um but my my same aesthetic argument applies to the uh, hitchhiking ghost i think it's not a surprise to anybody
0: yeah, so this uh, I think
1: I'm yeah. so, just so we're clear, I'm giving a point for better hitchhiking ghosts in Florida.
0: Welcome. This gets me to a larger point of the of this podcast, and that is better versus it's objectivity versus subjectivity, right? Is there a way to be objective about things that people are passionate about? And that's really ultimately what I'm trying to do because I would never in a million years think that Disneyland haunted mansion would ever lose to mm-hmm. anything. And then when I start looking objectively at well, you know that queue, it's just it's just better. And the ride is just slightly better and there's just and this has nothing to do with space. This has nothing to do with Disney World's bigger so it can just have more stuff. Other than the elevator really well,
2: I, it's it's more and I get I get how in some ways that's better. I mean, like, I'm in a weird place where, like, I, I I understand why someone would look at that and think that it's better, but for me, it's it loses a lot by spreading itself a little bit, for lack of a better term, a little bit a little bit thin. I mean, yeah, they put a lot of that
0: well thematically, thematically thin, maybe, right? Right. Where
2: I think it's because the other the the Disneyland version is so rich in theme and it's very protective of it
0: yeah so then then we have the exit uh i think just real briefly the the main difference between exits are that they're the pet cemetery in orlando the one thing i want to point out about it and i don't even know this is point worthy i just thought it was interesting that uh there's a mr toad in the Mm. pet cemetery there's a little mr toad statue so that ride where is the pet cemetery
1: i can't even picture
0: where that is So Is it after you leave the building? It's at the exit, yeah. And my wife has seen it. I've seen a thousand pictures of it on the internet, but I have not (laughs) seen it myself. But this is like, as of like three days ago, there's a pet cemetery. Is it like opposite of where the ghost horse and carriage is? It's left. It's to the left of the exit. So it's to the left of you. So up on a hill, you see a Mr. Toad. His ride closed in 98, and they put a Mr. Toad statue in there in 2006, so a lot of these animals have epitaphs in the in the in the pet cemetery, and so Mr. Now I don't like that. He's not dead. Well, he is in Magic Kingdom. <laughs> he hasn't been there since ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> but he exists. He was replaced by uh, Winnie the Pooh. He exists, right? I can't believe I'm even. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said he, he exists. I'm
1: thirty nine years old, and I'm like, but Mr. Mr. Toad Please, exists. He's real.
0: <laughs> He's the real Toad. On a Friday night, I got to get a life. <laughs> We're having this conversation this on Friday night. This is, so <laughs> this is awesome. All right. So, but there's no epitaph for Mr. Toad, but the cast members have a theory or, or a rumor that the epitaph for Mr. Toad says, Here's lies, here lies Toad. It's sad but true. Not nearly as marketable as Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <gasps> Wait. It's a rumor that it says. It's that. a rumor. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't actually say that's that. That's good. I thought that was clever, though. Anyway, that's the exit. Dan, your exit is a, my exit's uh, better. Uh, Wait, Okay, hold on. Okay, tell hold me why. on. Uh, so,
2: the exit for the exit at uh, Disneyland, you're going up a speed ramp at the end, which implies that you're coming out of a grave, which you are. Also. You got the little Leota effect saying Thanks. hurry back or come back or some iteration of that. You got that at both. Right. But on this one, you also have that more intimate experience. And yeah, you're being you – know, there's a speed ramp. But you can like kind of walk the speed ramp and take a closer look at it if you want to. Mainly it's uh, – So a
1: speed – sorry. A speed ramp means I'm coming out of a grave.
2: Well, no. You're going up. You're going up on a speed ramp. Like you're actually like you're ascending. Ascending, Right. So the implication there is okay. that you're coming out of the ground, which you are, and then you exit through a tomb. Instead of just oh. exiting on ground level and, okay, Is let's, that right?
0: Yeah. I didn't realize that. I never got that thematically. That's cool. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you're ascending from, from the gates from, of from, Yeah, from the, of a, from the grave. Out of a tomb into hell because you're at Splash Mountain. <laughs> Okay. All right. What do you got? Does that get a point?
1: Uh Well, what does the speed ramp mean in Space Mountain? And what does the speed ramp mean in People Mover? What does the speed I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure not sure if I'm getting it.
2: it. What is what is what is a what is a car mean at a, a ride? I don't know. <laughs> but they all have like there's you're a speed ascending. In pirates. Are <laughs> you not coming out of a grave in well, Pirates. Kinda.
1: Okay. I don't get it. It's <laughs> <laughs> if it was stairs, I'd That's be ascending. True. Out
2: of the grave. Right? You're just coming up. but you're, It's still moving upwards. I got nothing. You're All still, right. So here's, okay. here's the thing. It's not going to get a point. I, I don't know. I
1: Listen, I gave you a point for an elevator going down. I can't – I'm going to give you a point for coming up. Just go, by moving from place to place now, I'm giving points? Come on. Uh, it is a little, it's, it's a little reaching. I gave that reaching. one – Okay. With, with, I gave that one with – Reluctantly. I was, uh, yeah. That one was a little tough.
0: So I'm not giving right. you for coming back. In a different ramp. It's time for lightning round. <laughs> Various modes of transportation. Point. All right. <laughs> it's not a walkthrough. Point. Um
2: give it to me.
1: Come on, right, hit let's me with go. The lightning let's do it. round.
0: I need some action. Damn. I need something. Going. <laughs> give it to me. It's
2: watching people eat over. Okay. there. Okay. Uh so at Disneyland there's an uncanniness of scale there because the, the building is so small. There's no possible way that everything you experience on the ride. Um, fits inside that building. At Disney World, however, it's at least plausible that everything happens in that building. So it has... At Disneyland... That's interesting. Right? That's an interesting So At point. Disneyland, it has what I have put in my notes as the Shining effect, which there's a really good video on YouTube that kind of explains how in the Shining they purposely mess with your sense of space and where things should be and where things are. Um, it's a really good video. Um, so... I don't know that that is an, an intentional thing on the part of the Imagineers, but it is an effect that they that we end up having at Disneyland that Disney World can't possibly have. I'm not sure I agree with that. That building is tiny. How could that ride take place? I mean
1: I'm standing outside of it. It's like – it's it's not big. That building is so small. Right.
2: No, it, it, Are you talking about Disney World building World, or Disneyland?
1: The, the building in Disney World, it, it, the, it doesn't – it's not plausible that it would fit in there because it right. doesn't. I think the point is I think it's the same effect right. on both coasts.
0: I actually think it, that, But it's yeah. something I never thought about that because I, when I go on the ride when I'm a kid or even as an adult, I don't think about going into a show building. I, I think I'm experiencing this whole thing in this small structure, whether it's Disneyland or Disney World, so maybe it offsets, but it just feels like everything's happening in that one space, right? I mean you're moving around and then it just makes you feel like you've shrunk down or something. So I, I get the point but i think to your point they both kind of have that same impact and i think the building at disney world is not as big as you remember dan okay yeah you walk around it and, and the queue wraps around it it's 10 you know it's 20 steps or something yeah
2: right i'm just i'm just saying that at disney world the effect is to make a bigger building like they tried to make it look bigger which i don't know i it seems like i'm not going to get the point here either so we'll move on
0: all right so the – I thought this was interesting too. We talked about it a little bit, that even though the Magic Kingdom version opened in 71, two years later, all of the show building contents were made simultaneously. So while the ride experience is two years younger, the ride itself is the same age as Disneyland. Hmm. So – I don't know if that deserves a point. But anyway. Yeah, I just think that's an interesting tidbit. Interesting tidbit, right? And also interesting tidbit. There are benches at the exits of the ride have snakes painted on them for extra creepy.
2: Mm.
1: Cool. Mm.
0: Paul Frees, of course, did the original narration, but it was supposed to be a raven that did the narration. And the raven that you see in the conservatory or in the seance room on the chair, it was that raven. So it actually appears four times in the attraction at the Magic Kingdom. During development, they realized the small bird got lost in all the chaos, and so they switched gears to a disembodied spirit. However, when the interactive queue was built, the Imagineers put that raven, that same raven, on top of the organ I talked about before to familiarize us with the character that you see four times in the show. Hmm. Fun facts.
2: Um, what I have here is that the loading area at Disney World seems to be kind of an afterthought. Whereas the one at Disneyland is awesome, Um, I think, at least. Uh, It has an open limbo atmosphere that makes all the sound effects that they play at both places, like howling. Uh, Actually makes sense. Um, It's like a crack in reality. The Haunted Mansion storybook and record uh, called it a limbo of boundless mist and decay. So it wasn't just like uh, – it was clearly thought through that it was going to have that feeling.
0: You're talking about the loading with the Doom Buggies. Yeah, yeah, I saw that in the video. I, I I get that.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree. I'm going to give that a point.
2: Cool. Go ahead, point oh. boy. Ghosts.
0: Thank you. We'll follow you home. <laughs> I wanted to
2: make Paul Freeze wanted to make it shorter.
0: At at night, you can. It, so this is something I think is unique to Disney World. If you look at the building of the Haunted Mansion at night, you can see lights in the windows Ooh. and. In four of those windows, you can see silhouettes of some of the 999 Happy Haunts walking past from time to time. Whoa. They, like, walk Mm -hmm. past. Yeah. I saw it.
2: Well, at Disneyland, you also get the light in the window. You don't get the silhouettes. But at Disneyland, it's open longer at night. So you can actually see it. What does that mean? Disneyland stays open
0: longer. Uh, Have you been? (laughs) Is that true? I guess. I, I don't know that that's true. I don't know. It's going to get a point the I mean, what, what are stress? the park hours today? For I mean, I, Disneyland's... If there's not an extra, yeah. extra magic, whatever. Because, uh, I mean, Magic Kingdom's open to like one in the morning all the time. Is that all the time now? I think. Well, that, so Disneyland's open until midnight tonight. Maybe it's more consistently open. I think that might be it. I do think yeah, Magic that's Kingdom's kinda, hours that's fluctuate. Point.
1: And tonight could be... it's tonight a Christmas party? Who knows? Right.
0: It could be, yeah, probably cash grab clock. Anyway, all right, come on, so... we gotta
1: no, we gotta settle this.
0: So Magic Kingdom <laughs> closes at uh, tonight. It closes at six. Well, it's
1: a Christmas party night. Oh. It's a Christmas party <laughs> night, which means actually it's open until midnight.
0: But you have to pay extra money for uh, that. So <laughs> we're talking about the general audience experience
1: yeah but we are taking one night there's 23 christmas parties in a year
2: right but throughout the year disney world all the parks close earlier I'm than sure. the parks at disneyland is that true though i
0: mean on an on average i, I don't think we, this is going to be a past show correction on the next one i think we need to move on for so the argument is you can see silhouettes
1: so, wait so okay let me weigh in please i think that the silhouettes get a point if Dan can win the argument that the that Disney World Land is open more, then then there might be something there in that that that's a point.
2: No, I think I was I was mostly joking. I think the the addition of the silhouette gets that that makes sense. I'm just cranky because of other things <laughs> that I've been losing on.
0: All right, so. We're going to – I'm going to take this. This is interesting. What You, you really want to point for that speed ramp, huh? <laughs> uh,
2: no. I want, uh, I want the, the effect that it has to be acknowledged. But I, I'm alone on that I guess. So if you'd like to interact with us, you can go to yeah. our Facebook group, the Supreme Resort group on Facebook, which right. I said Wait, before.
1: What effect, what effect have I not acknowledged? I want to know.
2: Well, okay. At Disney World, you're, you exit and you just walk straight across. It's, it's ground level, right? Okay. At Disneyland... You exit and then you go up a ramp. There's an additional. Oh, I thought you had like something else. No, no I'm not okay. acknowledging this. Next. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> a... I thought there was like some other element
1: of the haunted mansion that I glossed I'm over and and didn't give you credit for, but the speed ramp debate is
0: moot. <laughs> okay, so this Dan, you can help me if this is mm-hmm. true for both both uh, attractions. So we all know that Disney recycles animatronics, right? So. Mm-hmm. They use the same molds for various characters, and the Haunted Mansion is no exception. For instance, the auctioneer from Pirates is the ship captain in the ballroom scene. Hmm. It's the same animatronic. Mm -hmm. The iconic Pirates jail scene, where they're, you know, the whistling guy, whatever. So the slender pirate standing up in the middle of the jail cell was recycled as the ghost with a crown at the dining room table in the ballroom.
2: Hmm. Okay,
0: And the little whistling pirate... He can be found a few times. So one, he is the he's recycled and dressed as the woman blowing out her candles in the, uh, in the ballroom. And in the graveyard scene with the instrument playing ghosts on the left-hand side, a few of them were recycled from the same mold. So that, that molds like three or four times as different characters in the ride. Hmm. So what I think is oh, – there's another one. The grandma from Carousel of Progress, she is in the ballroom scene as well, sitting in the same position. So while this is cool – the reason this is cool is that the Haunted Mansion in Magic Kingdom opened in 1971, but the rides that house those characters didn't open until after Haunted Mansion. So Pirates opened in 73 and Carousel of Progress opened in 75. So those characters in the Haunted Mansion are older than their actual main representations in the other rides. But it's still just the same
2: idea of using a mold, right? Right, and that's
0: true for both both right. things. I just thought that was interesting stuff for the audience.
1: So then, well, so, yeah. So we're not talking about points. So I'm just actually just curious. Um, who's to say that it is? It's not the other way around, right? You know what I mean? Like you're saying, oh, the 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 one it's based on is in a
0: later ride. Well, if it's just a mold, then maybe the one in Carousel is based on Haunted Mansion. It's because uh, the original molds for the Pirates guys were in '65, and then. Haunted Mansion didn't open until sixty six, and then seventy right. one. So Technically, oh, for the original carousel at right. yeah, yeah, yeah. uh,
2: the right. World's right. Fair. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, so, so guess we couldn't make the connection, but it was still the same thing happening. Right. So right. that's
0: just interesting stuff. If you look at those molds, you can see that they're the same molds. Kind of like the right. There's some there's some players in um, in Spaceship Earth, Jeremy. I, I forget. It's like the. The Renaissance period, if you look on the right-hand side, there's a a mandolin player and a girl. It's John from Carousel of Progress and his daughter.
2: Ah, interesting. Same same
0: animatronics. You'll never unsee that now.
2: (laughs) Speaking of animatronics, we got to have Box Ghost.
0: I've been waiting. That is true. Yeah, exactly. As I'm
2: sure were many people. <laughs> OK. So it was added in, in uh, 2015. Uh, according to Daniel Joseph, this is – he's an imagineer. This is a direct quote and this is sort of me trying to preempt anyone who wants to throw the aesthetic argument back at me. Um, we He says, we tried to do things smarter and not necessarily more complicated. Two of our earliest champions at WDI, Tom Fitzgerald and Scott Trowbridge, emphasized that we needed to deliver what might have been but couldn't be delivered in 1969. So that meant it couldn't have any novelty of interactivity that couldn't have been done back then. And that means aesthetically as well as theme-wise by that – He means that they replicated the movement of the pneumatic figures because they have a certain jerky movement and uh, they were careful to replicate that as closely as possible even though they could have made it a lot smoother. The face mold is also a 3D scan of the original Mark Davis figure and it uses rear projection of the – Oh yeah, I have my, in my notes too. Rare projection of a digital <laughs> image uses the same technology as Constant Hatchway and the latest Leota. <laughs> Basically, like me preempting any argument that could have okay. been thrown back at me about that. There you go. Yes,
1: yes. Hatbox Ghost gets a point.
0: All right, I wasn't going to use this, Dan. Ghost? I was trying to because I thought Disneyland was going to win hands down. Mm-hmm.
2: You don't need. <laughs> <to>. Jimmy always <laughs> has one
1: that he wasn't going to use. But that he and will. And he ultimately always... Well, uses just it. in case. But, like, why would you and have arguments frequently. that you aren't going to,
2: to use? And it's frequently yeah. not and the blockbuster that, it, that it's presented this as. This one's real.
0: <laughs> the Haunted Mansion at Magic Kingdom is only always the Haunted Mansion. And doesn't close for months of the year to add or remove overlays. It is always the Magic... It is always a Haunted
2: Interesting Mansion. Interesting angle. Where's my mic? Okay. Well, funny you should mention that because it just so happens that the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, Mm. yes, it closes every year. But it reopens as Haunted Mansion Holiday, which is a delightful uh, ride through of Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. And a lot of people really like it. I won't say anything more about whether I like it or not.
0: We're having the same argument. I'm saying the Haunted Mansion in Orlando is always the Haunted Mansion, and Dan is saying the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland also becomes Haunted Mansion Holiday, which is a delightful overlay. Which is better?
2: Well, and and to be fair, Haunted Mansion Holiday is beloved. So be careful. No, I love it. I'm just <laughs> no, I, I I get it. I it, it's it's really which way do you? I mean, that that's the question. Which is better? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's interesting because throughout this episode, Dan has made two interesting arguments. One is availability of a ride, meaning Disneyland being open until a certain mm-hmm. time, right? So now that's going to work against him because now it's closed for something. That's
2: well. Right. To be fair, that was that was mainly a joke. It was yeah. a we'll, half joke.
1: We'll, uh, insert the laugh track. Um, and then the other argument that you made was. What would Walt do to this ride and sticking to theme and all of that? And I – you know, you could make the argument that The Nightmare Before Christmas has nothing to do with the Haunted Mansion. It's decorated on the outside. Ooh. A lot of that could be construed as oh. cheap. Um, right. And Damn. it takes you right out of what that originally was. So those are two arguments I made. And I'm having a hard time believing that they're the right thing to do for that ride as wow. much as it's loved.
2: Right, but if you're talking about guest experience, then this enriches the guest experience, especially on at a park where it's mostly a local audience. So they do – they get something to hmm. come back to.
1: That's a tough one. Yeah, you can't come back to it when it's closed. That's true. And it's closed. So it – and a lot of – this is another thing is I think a lot of people go That's to true. the parks. Not everybody, but there are a lot of people who always go to the park the same time every year for example and so i've had friends who are like i've never experienced the disneyland haunted mansion cuz mm-hmm. we always go in august in january or you whatever. know whenever it is we always go in january
2: so <laughs> i i i get what you're saying does it change if the haunted mansion holiday was just like a one off or a once every other year kind of Pot- thing potentially
0: i guess but the thing is that i think what what we're landing at is an inclusivity thing and we've talked about this quite a bit on the show More people can experience it all year round. There's a consistency and everybody can do it. And there's an exclusivity to Honda Mansion Holiday where I can only see it if I go this time of year. And if I go to the park in the month preceding or after, I can't do it at all. So I think maybe the argument is –
2: But that just goes with the nature of the parks that they're in, you know? Right. Like Disneyland – Kind of needs those seasonal things to, you know, keep locals coming. So if we're going to penalize them for all the stuff that comes with that, then that's that's kind of not fair, right? Well,
0: let's let's take away the penalty because that's not what this is about. I'm trying to figure out uh, between these two experiences which ultimately is better all the time. And now we're talking about regionality and all those things, but that's, that's the resort. We're not arguing the resorts. We're arguing this attraction. So is it better that you have two different experiences in the same ride with the, with the closures and the, the, the less people can experience it because it's closed, or is it better to have the same consistency all throughout the year? I don't actually know the answer. I'm going to leave that to Jeremy.
1: Yeah. Oh, thanks. This is really difficult because... It is. it is. I actually think that the overlay is very well done. I agree. Um, But there are drawbacks with it. Right. Right. So you don't get... You know, you, you get your sweets, but you gotta take your medicine with that. And I'm right. just wondering, is it worth it? And it's not... Disneyland is not the only resort that does overlays. Well, Disney that's true. World I went on a jingle, jingle cruise. cruise. Yeah. So... There are overlays, but you don't lose the experience of the Jungle Cruise by going on the Jingle Cruise because it's done in a way that doesn't dramatically change the ride. Haunted Mansion Holiday is a significantly different enough ride that that's you could true. say if you went on one, you didn't go on the other. Yeah, Whereas if you went true. on the Jingle Cruise and you went on the Jungle Cruise, it's just kind of like – it's fluffed.
2: Well, yeah. And, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but do it, it does the t- like two-for-one thing – I mean I understand the problem of time exists, but like there is still a two-for-one quality to this. Does that outweigh the other stuff? But you're
0: not getting it simultaneously. No, I know that. (laughs) It's tough. I wonder if this doesn't – I wonder if this doesn't negate and it's just a a wash because it's it's impossible to answer because it's too subjective. Well, it's subjective, but I have to go –
1: I also have to go back to – I'm sorry, Dan, but it was your own point that limit you know, limiting availability. Limited availability um and theming. I mean, it is not you know, you said oh it's cheap that they added that to the queue. It's not yeah. it's not meant Walt didn't want that all on the outside. Right, and then but here you have the haunted mansion covered in stuff at Christmas time. And that's not that's not in keeping. So you can't right. make and the I argument don't love that it, but a lot of people do. argument that that is not better in Disney World, but then say that it's better in in Disneyland.
2: I don't know. I'm I, like <laughs> It's tough. I'm not well. I mean it I don't know. I I I feel
0: like this I is feel like there's really a lot of get me if, I'm going right to I'm going to say this.
1: So I don't know like I don't want this to be a tie. And if I and so right now like it shouldn't be a right. tie. Um Maybe it is die, but if Disneyland gets the point for this, which is, I'm on, I'm really am on the fence. This is very difficult. If Disneyland gets the point for this, we're tied up.
2: I I know, I know, I can feel it. So let me
0: Um, let me interject this while you think about it, okay? So
1: you know, it was interesting. uh, Like we were on ears up, and Bev said, "There's times when I go there and I want to ride the Haunted Mansion and I can't." And there's times when I go there and I want to ride haunted haunted mansion right. holiday and I can't and like she's like I really wish that this was two totally she said this this I wish this was two separate rides yeah I remember that
2: okay so how about if we set this one aside and we can move forward and if this needs to be a tiebreaker then you can we can do that heavy lifting because I have more stuff Jimmy do you have, more, you stuff? have more stuff I okay, don't have yeah. any
0: more stuff except okay the the just this is a, a fun fact for our audience again that. Leota Toombs, Madam Leota, is an actual person. She is the face model for Madam Leota. She was an Imagineer. She is Kim Irvine's mother, and <laughs> who's also an Imagineer. <laughs> uh, so she, but she didn't do the voice. She did the face acting as an Imagineer. But uh, it was Eleanor Audley, who was Lady Tremaine and Cinderella and Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty, who did the voice. But if you want to hear little Leota who Kim Irvine on the Imagineering story mentioned that she gets to hear at Disneyland all the time. They hurry back is actually Leota Toome's voice. So there you go. How amazing that that's her name. Yeah. Right. I don't think it's spelled with a B.
2: So our ballroom has the spider. Uh, stories vary as to where it came from, but a crack was put in the glass used for the Pepper's Ghost effect very near to the dueling portraits. Since replacing the glass would have meant a very expensive and time-consuming process of removing the roof of the building and procuring a new building-sized pane of glass, Imagineers covered it with a spider in the center of a spider web. Uh, the cracker hole is reported to be about the size of a BB. So some of the stories involve a kid with a BB gun or a slingshot to give the kid a sense of protection, um, and they got scared, you know, shot it. The story that I like that's out there is that a drunk adult with a gun was just getting into the spirit of the gunplay of the uh, dueling portraits, and I don't know that that is necessarily its own point, but I think it goes to a bigger argument of there being just so much for folklore around Disneyland's uh Haunted Mansion simply because of the way it was built and how long it took and you know people talking so much and I don't know that that doesn't exist at Disney World but I don't think that it does from what I've seen okay mm. like the the ride itself uh, the ride itself has its I own legend has a ride okay. which I don't know if, I don't know if that translates yeah. to somebody that didn't grow up mm-hmm. around here but I can tell you, having grown up around the park, it it does have an impact, and I think Jimmy has agreed with that.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's worth the point for Jimmy. Disneyland? So the uh, the thing yeah. about the <laughs> uh, so t- here's the point: it's a it's a spider, and it was it's a I don't know to I his point, it's lore. It's there are stories being told. How many numbers of. Versions of the story of the haunted mansion at Disneyland are there. The origin, when the reality is, there was no real story. Like we talked about in Indiana Jones, there's a whole story with everything that goes into it and everything that's being built. I don't think there was a story, but because of the sheer passion of the fans and the people around it, growing up there or not, have created an entire world around this attraction, and it means something to them. Yeah, there's fans. It, it means fiction something to them. And, and there are so many people who just will not go to that park without going on a ride, whatever. I don't think you have that same experience in Orlando where if there's a hole in the glass and they put a spider there, so, like, okay.
1: But, okay, so the thing, we said be- well, the thing that we said before was the resort ha- is, is what it is because it's the nature of the resort. So you could say that that's because of it's in Disneyland. Right, yeah. Does that make this a better attraction? I mean we, we negated that before and said, you know what? It's not – right. we, can't, we can't penalize it. It's in Disneyland, Disney World. It's attraction for attraction. Is this a better attraction so. because people have made up stories? I'm not, I'm not sure that I would – I walk off there going, wow, that was really great. And I, there's, there's a, allegedly there's right. a bunch of stories. Yeah, that's an Unless interesting you point. listen to this podcast, you don't know that. <laughs> or – well, not this podcast. Podcasts like us this. Way too much credit. Um, but they exist <laughs> unless you've done research, right? You know? But the research know, is out there and, to you know. If you send Sally yeah. and her friends to this, to the, to the, and say, well, what did you like about this? She might say right. the hatbox ghost that was really awesome. Um, she might say, I really felt, I felt the drop in in the elevator, and I felt like I was singing. That's great. I love that. That but makes us a great ride.
0: I, right? Is well, someone going to say, Well, I
1: don't of, think so. But Lord, I, th- I think, I think.
2: <laughs> But I think I and think that the, makes this, the better. fact that the stuff is out there to find is all is important. I mean, not I'm not saying everybody is going to go out and find it, but, but to that
0: point, Dan, it there's does a wedding exist. ring in the in the queue of the Disney World one that is something you have to find and you have to know that it's there and you have to. Understand. So I, I think right. the point with Disney parks is that there's that at every park. So there's a spider web at Disney World too. The difference is the amount of people who care, and I think. Back to Jeremy's point, if we're talking about an experience the spiderweb, the I mean the wedding ring, whatever it, it I guess it's the same point. It's just it's detail. And it's detail out of necessity.
2: Okay. I
1: actually I actually would argue that the spiderweb takes away from Disneyland because it wasn't intended to be there. It's a th- It's a it's a patch job. It's a band aid. It's a fix for something that's unintended. The designers did not put that there. Um,
2: Well, I mean, they did. Mark Davis
1: did not say let's put a broken piece of glass in and then throw a spider over it. They they just did something to cover it up.
2: Right, but he also didn't say let's have interactive, you know, fountains and whatever out inside in the queue. But does the a spider enhance – like a spider is getting in the way of things? It's over the glass. Not, not really. I mean, I guess what I'm saying and that's is that it's, on the attraction. Yeah.
0: I, okay. I'm I'm not gonna get the point for that. So. Yeah, I think I think we need to I think we need to move on. So. so Listen, we knew this was going to be a difficult one. This is something that, again, speaking to the passion of the fandom, the reason we have a podcast, the reason we – there's the Ears Up podcast. There's a fandom and a passion around this stuff that is – it can be divisive. It can be – that's why we're having a conversation about it, right? So the the at the end of the day, we knew this was going to be a challenge and – at some point, we have three people on this show to help us make a decisive conclusion. so unless there's anything else compelling, Jeremy?: Well, I guess do we have a decision
2: on how to mention holiday or do we want to leave this undecided? Should we have a tie episode and come back to it?: I think that, I think that's cheap, to be honest. I think we, if we're going to do this, we need
0: to do it. I don't know. What do you say, Jeremy? it's been uh, a long time.
2: I mean, could we maybe lump the Haunted Mansion Holiday in with all of that other stuff of them taking a little bit more risks at Disneyland? Sure.
0: Instead of stagnation. I'm just
2: saying that like if we're – well, I mean just – because the problem that I'm faced with right now is that Disneyland is mainly a locals park, right? Right. So the moves that they make make sense in there, right? And they're going to have some – cause and effect, right? They're going to have some drawbacks as well as some positives. And at Disney World, it makes sense for the park that it is, even the aesthetic inconsistency, inconsistency stuff. Um, that makes perfect sense given where it, where, it, where it is. I don't think that I am able to effectively communicate the impact that the Haunted Mansion specifically has right. to the local audience. And I don't know how to translate that other than build a time machine and so, so take this it is elementary getting elementary school with me. Okay, so
1: I think we have to go – we got to go back. What is it – you put them next to each other. Wherever you went to elementary school, whoever – you know, whatever folklore could be possibly researched – where's the you know this is a, this is almost an advice podcast and we've come back to this many times before but someone's out there listening which which is better that's the whole that's how dan started this right like people say which is better i've got to decide which one to go to i'm jimmy Bell um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know do that yeah, it's fine I've i know known you for know. years
2: welcome
0: so, not gonna lie, that that hurts. <laughs> that, listen, but here's the point, Dan. Because I, I thought, I mean, I even brought this up to to my wife and said, "We're doing this. So I know what's gonna win. It's Disneyland, hands down." And and when I'm really trying to look through this thing objectively, I, I don't think I don't think there's a way to
2: be objective about this one. I really don't. Because well, that's
0: that's the whole point of the show, Dan. Is it? Is there a, is there a way to be objective about any of this? Because if you have passion about no. something. <laughs> and that's the whole point of the show is hopefully yeah. we're entertaining people. Hopefully we're educating people. But inevitably, we're going to piss some people off. Because I, I guarantee you this episode is going to piss some people a lot of people angry. People off. And it would have either way. Right. And, but my point is, though, well, first of all, for the most part, you're not going to piss off Disney World fans because I think they're a little more casual. But, but I, I think that I hope... That the points that we made and the arguments we made are sound enough that even if you don't agree, you can understand why we've come to this conclusion. So I think it's a great conversation. I love it. I think that you're going to be, anyone is going to be biased
2: if they love Disney parks based on which coast that they grew up on. And I'm not right. trying to, accuse, I'm not trying to accuse you of like being making a flawed judgment. I'm just saying that if it were me, I would probably. I'd put, well, i wouldn't i wouldn't put myself in the judge position for this, but yeah. um this is a tough one that's it yeah. <laughs> you do not you did jeremy you didn't have an easy job on this no, and that's I, true i true. yeah you're you're actually the hero of this episode. so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys we didn't want to do
0: this <laughs> right and and we did it and we appreciate you listening uh if you if you have anything to say about this, please email us go on our facebook page tell us are we insane are we uh right on uh, we just want to be objective and we wanna be accurate. That's the main the main objective. And we wanna have some fun. So uh, you can you can support this show by going to etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash coveyors, buy some t-shirts, buy some coveyors. Book your next trip to Disneyland or Disney World to ride the Better Haunted Mansion with concierge. They can tell you all kinds of things you can do. To it. So please remember to rate, subscribe, and review us on your on any of your podcast platforms. It really helps us. Email us with your feedback. And uh, until then, until next time, we'll see you on the next debate on the Supreme Resort Land v. World. Good night, everybody. Thank you.